What's good, y'all? My name is Dylan Green, and this is Real Notes, a space dedicated to blurring the cultural and artistic lines between rap and film. I'm here to chop it up with everyone from rappers and producers to journalists and video directors about their relationship to movies and how, if at all, film inspires their craft. My guest this week is Nadira Simmons, an archivist, historian, social media manager for The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, and founder and CEO of The Gumbo, a hip-hop publication and cultural hub dedicated to black women. We spoke about Rare Vinyl, the documentary Summer of Soul, her family's love for the Godfather series, how her work on The Late Show influences her work at The Gumbo, her love of state property, currency, and alchemist, and the importance of documenting black history. Come fuck with us. So I peeped that you have a New York Yankees hat on, Dylan. We will discuss this because, you know, I'm a diehard Phillies fan and I would like to know what is going on. You're from North Jersey, though, so I'll let you get away with that. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was the excuse because usually I will get, I'm like, what is this? Yankees. See, okay. Um, I'm Are kind you a of baseball a po- fan? I'm a poser, bro. I'm a full-on poser. <laughs> I saw this hat. I love the, I love the yellow and the pink. The and like, you i like it thank you and like and like and like yankee fittings are kind of just like aesthetic now like everybody wears they them. are they are and i was and, and, and like i've never owned one so i so i was like about you was I, doing I'm, good <laughs> <laughs> if i was so, so so like my whole thing was like if i'm gonna own one i want to own one that's gonna like stand out and not just be like yeah. the black and white and the blue and white so i saw this yeah. and was like yeah we got to do it wow wow all right well I respect I respect the color scheme. I like it. I think that is that is cool. That is cool. We gotta you get look a, me. we gotta get a Phillies one that looks like that. See, there actually is one. Hat Club dropped this. Um, they did this incredible drop of um, uh, baseball hats based on cereal boxes, and they have and they what? have a and they have a Phillies one that's corn pops themed. It's Dude, it's I'm yellow right now. Stop. It's yellow and red. I'm gonna send you a link later. Like, yes. like, like they, they sold out in 20 minutes. Like, you can't buy them off the site. I bought um, what? I got a, I got a Wheaties colored one. I want like they had Wheaties. That's fire. It was Wheaties, cinnamon toast crunch, uh, corn pops, fucking corn flakes, tricks. There's a bunch like cookies and cream. Uh, um, uh, cookie crisp. Uh. I'm gonna send. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna send you a link. They're all so beautiful. You're gonna be very excited. Like I need to. I need to own own that. What? Like, like you'll probably be able to find them on Grailed for like fucking two hundred dollars. But like, you know. yeah. But I, know, <laughs> I know the game. I know how it goes. Unfortunately, they be yeah. Getting, but it's whatever. No, nah, we no, nah, we all know how it goes. It's just so stressful. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, son. Um. What's cracking, everybody? Welcome back. We're already into it, which is always a good sign. Uh, this is a uh, this is the this is the nine plus ten episode of Real Notes. This is the twenty first episode of Real Notes. I hope I hope I hope someone listening gets that because I was just thinking about it last night. <laughs> um, Dylan Cinemasai. Uh, I got a lot of names. Those are just two of them. I'm around. Uh, I'm show fatigued, and I'm with someone who's super dope um it's you know you, you know every guest is super special we all we, we, we all go over this but like I don't, I don't i don't even know how to describe my next guest uh she's a curator she's she does social media managing for a huge late night show she's a fucking um she's just like a culture person who like brings everything down da- like there's so much history 
and so much passion and so much like knowledge behind everything that my guest here does. We got fucking Nadira Simmons, head of the gumbo and all sorts of crazy shit in the house. Thank you for coming (laughs) on my shit. I appreciate you. Thank you. That was such a great intro. (laughs) Maybe if I start DJing, I'll use that as a drop. I like that. Oh, shit. That's that's a first. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I mean, you should like you basically already do like. (laughs) Yeah, DJ is like too much work i'd rather leave it to like the people that could really do that i tried to learn before because my uncle's a dj and i was like nah bro like i'm good like all of this like scratching and like I, it was too much i'm good <laughs> yeah does he, does, he, playlist. <laughs> <laughs> does he do uh does he do like traditional djing or does he use like serato and all that shit yes he definitely I, he definitely uses serato but when he was teaching me we were like in his crib he pulled out like the vinyls and put them on and was going ham and i was like yeah he's like no like really scratch i'm like i can't do what you do like it wasn't working so maybe i'll revisit that one day when i'm older but i'm good on making my playlist right now so yeah you know like it's it's uh, a <laughs> i've been in the same position i brought um um when i worked at one of my first media jobs i like just bought a copy of no i got a copy of dilla's donuts and i was like i was like oh look at this shit and they were like oh do you scratch i was like nah <laughs> my old boss was like do you scratch and i was like nah i i wish i don't and it was just Yo. like wait you know. that's so funny because i just went to the record store yesterday and i was in there buying up hella stuff and this guy was like oh do you dj and i was like no i just like music and he was like that's cool too I was like, <laughs> money is money to them so you know like <laughs> oh, yeah look come buy them we don't we don't care what you do yeah and you found and you found superfly i was like Wow. Yes. <laughs> I know. I was gassed. I, I have a problem. I love going to the record store. It's also very therapeutic for me. But yeah, I was just like walking by this record store that I thought had closed. I saw they were open. So I was like, I got to go in. Yeah. And I was just like, just going through every single crate and found that it was $5. And I was like, yeah. What? And yeah. <laughs> we're going to purchase this. Wow. $5 for fucking Curtis Mayfield Superfly. I was just talking to somebody oh. about that two days ago. That's so crazy. Yeah, very, very. I was very, very happy. Very, very, very happy. Um, before. Um. uh, Okay. Now I'm curious. Before. Before we get in. Before I get into like my actual questions. What's Uh the. What's the best cheapest record you found at a store? That isn't the one we just talked about. Okay. All my vinyls are actually right next to me, so I'm trying to like look right now. (laughs) Yeah, mine too. I got my crate like right next to my feet. (laughs) I want to say. Oh my god! You know what? I'm actually about to dig through them. Give me one second, because let's like, go. Oh, <laughs> I feel like. Hmm. Wait, this is such a good question. I like have to answer it in like a good way. So we gotta make sure we have the right. I wanna say, what is the Stevie album I just got? Okay, here you go. Ooh. Original, original Musicarium. One, I love this album and I feel like anything Stevie should just be extremely expensive because he's also a goat. So that was right. like $15 and I was like, wow, this is getting cops. So definitely that. I've definitely gotten a lot of EWF from the record store by me too. That's been like anywhere from five to $10. So I'm like, yo, like 
These Jeez. also shouldn't be this cheap. I got a live, I think a live Frankie Beverly and Mays album I also got the other day that was cheap as heck as well. So wow. stuff like that, that when I feel like I'm really getting like goats, just like the Curtis Mayfield one and they're less than $15, I'm like, wow, this is iconic. So yeah, definitely anything Stevie Wonder. I have a lot of Stevie Wonder and like, I'm also very cheap sometimes. So the fact that I have so many of them and they're, like five, ten, fifteen dollars. Yeah, it's crazy. I feel it. I think um I can't find it because I've been looking for it forever. But my mm-hmm. favorite, I found um, I found the clips Mr. Me Too as a single. Like at a it was at a record oh. store in Princeton. It must have been for like somewhere between five and ten dollars. And like what? Yeah. Oh my god. Wait, but, that just reminds me, I definitely got state properties album on vinyl, and I feel like that one was yeah I saw, that's beautiful. Knows, knows i love them and that was very very cheap so i was very hyped i found out it was the clean version though which like i was like i want to hear some curse words on this but <laughs> it was still not cheap so that was another good find where i'm like dang like this is an iconic moment in rap history and i got it for cheap so jeez yeah you yeah. can't you can't you can't uh uh, you um, you can't listen to censored state prop. That feels like sacrilege. It, honestly, it felt so wrong, and it was so funny because my dad is also a big state property fan. So I like Facetimed him when I like put it on the record player, and it was the clean version. He was like, "Why is this a clean version of Temporary Relief? What's going on?" He was like, "You got a clean vinyl." Like, yeah, I didn't even realize it. <laughs> hey, you know, like you find, you, yeah, like you found it. So you know, it. I guess it doesn't really matter. Like yeah. the fact that you have it is enough. <laughs> exactly, it still feels good. That's beautiful. So, um, so let me ask, so let me ask you the first thing I ask everybody who comes on here, mm-hmm. what's the last movie or TV show that you watch that you have a strong opinion about? Ooh, Summer of Soul, last movie that I watched. That I had a very strong opinion about. I still haven't seen it. How was it? I loved it. And it just made me start thinking about all of just the black music festivals or performances or shows or just things that we've done in the music space and in the entertainment space that have either been documented and we don't know about or just weren't documented and we also don't know about. So I had a very, very strong opinion, not necessarily about the film. It definitely like just brought out a lot of emotions for me and I'm not from New York. So like even like going up to Harlem and knowing that like, wow, like one weekend they had Nina Simone, like at this park that I've walked by before, like performing for like all these people and no, like I never heard of this. Like, and I'm a history nerd. Like I will walk Mm. on the street and like type in the street's name and like type in history to see like who that person is. Or like, if I go to like a different town, like I'll type in the town's name and like black history. Like I'm a nerd like that. So like, I felt like, dang, like I be researching all the time and I never knew that this existed. Just made me want to learn so much more about the stuff that has been documented that's probably in somebody's basement somewhere or made me feel really like dang like there's so much that we've done and contributed that oftentimes doesn't get documented just because of how the how the world works and treats us so definitely invoke some strong feelings in me ah totally like what 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 was uh what was one of your favorite performances that you hadn't seen in there before because i know there's like a lot of there's a lot going on in there yes Definitely. So I love the Temptations. I'm definitely like a big Motown fan. So seeing David Ruffin, which I think they said was like right after his split from the Temptations, if I'm not mistaken. So just seeing him perform 
was crazy because I love him. I think he's great. I also love the Temptations movie. So anytime I get to see <laughs> David Ruffin real in the flesh and see his performances makes me really, really excited. And The Fifth Dimension, which I actually, when I was in the record store the other day, they had so many vinyls by them. I never... I never even like put a face to the group. Like I definitely heard some of their songs and even watching the two members who were actually a part of the documentary talk about like, hey, like people thought we were like this white group or they thought we could only make this sound or just saw all of the different things that they talked about when it came to their performances and actually feeling at home coming to Harlem and getting to perform for, for black people. Definitely, those were the two performances I really was like, wow, like, this is crazy. They were all very, very, very good though. And then of course Nina, I love her. She's a good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, I mean, what? Yeah, like, yeah, like what else could be said about Nina? She's absolutely the goat. Yeah. And yeah, it's like you, know, you talking about the Temptations. I gotta ask, did Otis perform? Was Otis there? <laughs> and, so nobody is coming to see you, Otis. No, I'm, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> I do love Otis though, but that's just my favorite line from a movie ever. Oh yeah, me too. Like he, yeah, like hearing Meg drop it in thought shit. Like I've been thinking about it a lot. And then the clip went viral again and just and just like and like having to explain that to oh. people and have people and have people be like, what does this mean? And I'm like, oh, you don't know? And it's just like anybody people were asking what it means. Uh, well, 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 like not me specifically, but like there's like people, like people online okay. were like, oh, that's where that came from, you know, like. People haven't seen that movie. That movie is so, that's one of the many movies that, well, one of the few movies that I've watched, I can guarantee you at least like 200 times. Like not exaggerating. <laughs> like I love that movie so much. Yeah, like, you know, like the lot, like, like the movie is great. And then just like that, like not even just the line itself, but like the reading of just like, ain't nobody coming to see you, Otis. Like just so beautiful. I, I like, I always, if I ever got to, inter if, if I ever got to do a piece on the movie, I was, I really want to know how many times they did takes for that. I want to know how many takes they did yeah. of that one line because it's just the delivery is perfect. Like It was perfect. Oh, my God. Now I'm like, I got to watch this movie later. I haven't watched it in a while. <laughs> Um, but yeah, between uh, um, between Summer of Soul and the Woodstock '99 documentary, I've really been trying to get back into um, that type of vibe because the last movie like that I saw was probably uh, Chappelle's Block Party because I think I watched it again for the first time in in years and like and like I have my feelings about modern day Dave Chappelle, but Chappelle's Block Party is really incredible, like such right. a good such a good documentary. Oh, I love and you know what? Now that you said that. I need to go back and rewatch it because I have not watched that in a very, 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 very long time. Really good performances. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to add that to my list tonight, too. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> That's so good. Um, so for you, like, what's the like, what's the first movie experience you can remember having like when you were younger? Like it could be at the theater, your cousin's house. It could be like at a random what like just wherever, like the first time you remember taking in a movie. Okay, I definitely, which is very funny. I feel like my first movie experience, I don't know why this always comes to my head, but it's Shrek and I saw it in 3D. And that's one of the first things, I, like whenever I think of going to the movies, like that image of me sitting in the movie theater in South Jersey with the glasses on and like seeing like <laughs> Donkey come out, like that is my earliest memory, which is, I don't know why. I've definitely seen way more movies before that, but I don't remember them. I remember Shrek in 3D at Regal Cinema in my hometown. <laughs> I didn't even know they showed Shrek, like the first Shrek movie in 3D. That's crazy. I don't know if it 
was even the first one. That's the funny part. Like, I know mm, it, okay. there were so many, so I don't even know if it was the first one, but like, for some reason, when I think of movie theaters, like, that's the image that comes to my head is li- literally little me and like my homies, somebody's parent. I don't even think, yeah, somebody's parent with us. And then like, Shrek coming through. Did my parents do <laughs> that? Now I'm trying to remember who took who took me. I just remember myself and like the homies on the side and some 3D glasses. So that's yeah. hilarious. Do you remember whether or not you like enjoyed it or like if you liked it or whatever? I definitely did like it. Um, I feel like the storyline in Shrek is just very cool. Like it's it's cool, it's fun, it's like the perfect kid movie. I remember the music, I remember like just the character that like Eddie Murphy played just being so like, just present like throughout the movie, but also like in my mind, even when I left, like, wow, like Donkey's really funny and like people like quoting him in school. So yeah, I was into it. I haven't watched it in years though, but I was into it at the time. Uh, it just turned 20 this year. It came out, it came out in 2001, <laughs> I believe, which is wild. <laughs> That is making me feel like that maybe it was the first one because we also lived very close to the movie theater. Like, mm. literally, like if we wanted to walk, we could have. So, yeah. Wow. The first one, yeah, it would have been six. Oh, God. Oh, Lord. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> 20 years makes me feel very old. I'm not, oh, I'm not old, but yeah. it just makes me feel old. Nah, I feel it. It's, it's, it's weird because, especially now, because like, 2000s nostalgia is starting to come around like everywhere so it's it, it's it's like like because like with the 90s we like like we were kids in the 90s and like we were growing up but like the 2000s is where we all be like came of age <laughs> so like so like that like that particular hit of nostalgia is like wow like it's been so long since like playing white tees and fucking like as told yeah. by ginger that is my like... show. That's one of my favorite. Yo, that show is such an important show. So well done. They changed their outfits every episode, which is fire. Like the storyline mm-hmm. stuff they talked about. Fire show. Literally one of the greatest cartoons of all time. That show is yeah. fire. So and, and yeah, and then on top of that, you got the Macy Gray intro. Like you, you, you can't Danger. beat it. It's Can't crazy. Beat it. Yo, it's so good. Now, <laughs> honestly, you just made me so happy. Now I'm like cheesing OD, showing all my gums. I love that show. That show is so good. That show is so good. And yeah, I'm happy you brought up the fact that they always change their outfits because I think they might have been the first, maybe not the first cartoon to ever do that, but like the first like cartoon of its kind that was like a sitcom to do that yeah. maybe because like, oh, mm, don't quote me on that. But like it was, it was like, it was a big deal that they decided yeah. to have them wear different clothes every episode. I noticed that too when I was younger, like, wow, like they really like, you know, like, you know, like the Simpsons and them, they wear the same clothes every day. And like, <laughs> same white tee and jeans every episode on Homer, same white like... tee every episode. Like, all right, bro, let's switch it up. Yeah. One of my, one of my favorite, one of my favorite modern, or like, I don't know if modern is the right word, but like one of my favorite, uh, there's an episode of American Dad where Stan opens his closet and he just has like 60 of the same suit Ooh. that he wears. And like he pulls it out the closet and he's just like, which one of these should I wear today? He's like, oh I'm going to take this one. And it's <laughs> like, I love it. I love it when they play with shit like that. Yo, literally the same stuff all the time. So crazy. So crazy. Um. So like growing up, like so like consider, especially considering that you live so close to a movie theater. Um. Do you, like what's the movie like? Was there a movie for you that made you fall in love with the art of movie making and just kind of like experience it more as something more than just like entertainment? 
I definitely think Crooklyn is one of those movies for me. Um, Brown Sugar is definitely one of those movies for me. Love and Basketball, mm-hmm. The Wood, like those are movies I vividly remember watching because they either resonated with me, whether it was the hip hop in, in Brown Sugar or just right. the family discussions in Crooklyn and all of that. Like I really, really, yeah, those are some movies that I'm like, oh my God, like not only is this enjoyable to watch, but I felt really connected to them. And I felt like the stories were told so well for me. So those are definitely some that like immediately come to mind. I'm like, wow, like I love, I love film. <laughs> love and ba- love and basketball is something I've been thinking about a lot lately because I was watching a, I was watching a YouTube recap of it and it made me realize like Omar Epps's character is like a whole asshole that whole movie like I don't understand why people like him as much as they do because it's like damn dude like yeah like 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 I really felt for Sanai Lathan the whole time because like, she's in love with this guy yeah, yeah. and it's like yeah. why <laughs> yeah no <laughs> it's so bad yeah she definitely I mean the the funny thing about that movie too and like me and all like my friends talk about this all the time it's like yo like everybody watch that movie it's like yo we're gonna go to college it's gonna be like this perfect like love story like we're gonna excel and then we're gonna do all this and it's just funny because life does not really always work like that um but it was also good for me at least in that movie to see and have watched it before i was you know heading off to school is like knowing that like yeah like people in life aren't perfect and people do make bad decisions and also people have emotions and feelings and all those other things so that's the one thing at least for me that the movie like really 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 does aside from the fact that I love both of them as as actors and actresses. right yeah everyone in that movie is great but it was good to see like all the the different family dynamics to see you know how she dealt with her family and how he dealt with his and growing up and seeing the stuff that he saw how it impacted him I think it was just really important for me to see people just being human. Cause I also, I love movies that are very honest. And sometimes like, you know, I want movies that give us hope, but I also like having a balance of movies that show humans as human beings because right. that's who we are. And I feel like sometimes when you get caught up in this idea of perfection, you'll like watch a movie like now I have to aspire to this, which is nothing wrong to with aspiring to being great, but also knowing like, okay, this mistake I made is okay because I'm human and humans do this stuff. So. Definitely. No, absolutely. Like, yeah, like Love and Basketball is really a character study in that way. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I feel like that's a big part. I mean, like on top of the on top of the fact that like on top of the fact that Omar Epson and I late them have like a really good chemistry together. Like, I think that's a big part of the reason why that movie is still so like people love Love and Basketball. Like it's definitely one of those classics. Love, love it, love it, love it. But definitely the chemistry, which is can be said for me for the other movies I named too. Like the chemistry of people right. in, of the people in Crooklyn, I'm like, yo, like, are they really related? Like this seems like a real family. <laughs> like this is the dynamic seems just so real and so like personal. Like I feel like I'm watching a legit family on screen. The same for like Brown Sugar, which of course I love. I love hip hop. I love all seeing even seeing all of the rappers that I love in that movie, seeing Queen Latifah and seeing actors and actresses back in a, another movie that I love. I'm like, dang, mm-hmm. like this is great. So yeah, look. Nah, totally. Like, I think uh, I think maybe Brown Sugar might have been the first time I'd ever heard D'Angelo's Brown Sugar too. 
if I remember correctly. Maybe I could be wrong about that, but like I like I distinctly remember hearing that and being like, wow. Yeah. (laughs) He's such a he's such a goat. I love him too. He's so I love talent. Talent makes me so happy. yeah yeah and he's he's off the charts like he's only he's like he's only put out what it's been three projects right he put out um brown sugar voodoo and then black messiah like yeah yeah like to make such an impact with just three projects is really really and 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 like voodoo is like like i can't like i can't i can't think of a better i honestly can't think of like a better r&b album like like it's it's maybe like top three of all time like truly truly incredible now you got me thinking because i love voodoo a lot i'm trying to think of my other favorite r&b albums definitely confessions oh and cheers to you by player those are like my two Ooh, yeah good that's, choice wow that's honestly probably i mean it's like it differs sometimes but that that's definitely like one of my favorite albums by far like it has no skips to me it's mm. so good obviously static's amazing yeah. I love that album so much. That is ooh, exceptional. Now I'm going to go listen to that tonight, too. I'm coming with a list of stuff I have to do after, <laughs> after Hell this. Yeah. Yes, I love that. I, I, I feel the same way about Brandy's Never Say Never. That was yes. that was a really big album for me. Like yes. Angel in Disguise is like, um, I uh, a rapper I really love named Mike, he mm. he sampled the he sampled part of the intro to Angel in Disguise. And I had to be like, wow, like, like, like it was literally just a little bit where she says, like, my love is never misplaced. And then the little vocals yeah. come in like it, it, it's like buried in the mix. Like so like I heard it and I was like, wait a minute, like, is that what I think it is? And I freaked out because I was like, damn, I don't know if I've ever heard anybody sample this song before. And that's like my favorite Brandy song. I love that song. Ooh, <laughs> and you know, I love a good sample. So please send me that because now I want to hear that. Yeah, nah, that album Disco, Mike's album Disco is one of my favorites of the year so far. And that song, I think it's called At Thirst Sight. <laughs> Crazy song. Um, yeah, yeah, nah, I need to hear it. I need, I need parts. Nah, I got you. Um, so, uh, so, 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 like, since we're already talking about music, like, growing up in Jersey, like, when did you, uh-huh. when did you first start to fall in love with music? Like, when, when did it become more than just like a thing in the background for you? I feel like it's literally from the womb. So like, it's weird. Like I don't really have any child. Well, let me not say I don't, but so many of my childhood memories are related to music. So my mom is from Maryland and I was actually born in Maryland. I wasn't there for long. Um, My dad is from Philly, who's also raised in Jersey. So I was in Jersey, obviously a lot like from a baby. And then Mm -hmm. once I, we like all like relocated there, I was there since I was like two. So just having a parent who is heavy into obviously all the music that's coming out of Maryland and like go-go and stuff like that. And then having a dad who is from Philly and ha- having all the family from that side and just knowing the rapping and the Philadelphia soul and the stuff that comes out of there. I really cannot remember just not listening to music. Like literally since being a kid in Jersey from like our cookout, to like being a baby and remembering being back in the in the back of like my dad's like Honda and like rapping like imaginary players like that that's one of my earliest memories with my dad and I wow. was a baby <laughs> like that album came out and I like I was literally a baby and I remember him like turning around like smiling at me because I would be rapping along and 
we riding around Jersey. I'm like two, three, four, however many years old I was like rapping that. Like, yeah. So yeah, I don't really have any memories with like that, at, at least in some way aren't connected to music in some way. Wow. That's, yeah. really, that's really incredible. Like my family loves music. They love, they love music a lot and they love black history and a lot of black history can be connected to music. So we're oh, like, always. Yeah. Nah, facts. Like, like my parents tell me this story about um, the fact that I used to be able to rap the whole verse to I got the power. Like when, like when I was like really real, like I don't remember this. Wow. Like they told me that I just like, they just told me I did it a couple of times. And like, I just had to take their word for it cause I don't remember. So like, so like that really, like this must've been like just when I started talking. Cause I didn't start talking until I was like four or five years old. Oh my so gosh. Like, wow. So, so like, I don't remember that specific part, but like, wow. just, but, but, but like I relate to that like yeah that like that that like music has been you know like my father my father was in a doo-wop group and he roller skated oh, so like wow. music is just like music has always been a part of my life and like my mom is also really big on music too she wasn't like in the industry or anything but she just yeah. you know she loves music so like i i, I yeah. get it i get having that yeah. like that that just like like yeah yeah, like it's just there. I love that. Your dad was in a doo-wop group? What? Yeah, they were called Connie and the Decoys. We, I will be looking them up later, too. <laughs> I got a whole list going right here. Movies to watch, <laughs> songs to listen to, people oh. to look up. Hell yeah, man. I, I I I love I love this already. This is this is <laughs> we're, we're, we're like already like I don't even know how far yeah. in we are, but like this is this is just a vibe so far. Yeah. So 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 like as you're growing up with music and you're growing up with movies and like you're starting to develop a palette i guess like when like was there ever a period of time where you first consciously linked film and music together in your head where they like started to inform each other Ooh, i want to say well i definitely feel like and this does not connect to any of like the movies or songs that we just mentioned, but uh, the Simmons family is a very big Godfather uh, family. We love, <laughs> we love those movies a lot. That's another, uh, yeah, definitely feel like I've watched one and two. I can't even count how many times every time it's on, like we watch it when I'm home, like when we're home or it's, it's kind of crazy actually. Um, but I remember <laughs> I remember thinking about the scene. I think this is when Michael is getting ready to kind of go at the cop that they that was hired to like, you know, kind of get in the way of making sure right, his dad right, was right, yeah. And the music that plays while that is happening, and also seeing the switch from him being this very like cool, calm, collected, like, like military guy to like turning into this mobster and the music kind of like just transitioning. And then the, there's like a weird, like grunty sound that happens during that scene while there's also like some like strings or whatever's going on in the background. I feel like that is the first time I consciously was like, oh, wow. Like this makes this scene so much better. Like if this wow. music wasn't here, it would still be fire. I think Godfather like is truly the best, like best movie ever made. So, so good. But I do feel like that was the first time where I literally was like, yo, like the music really makes this scene so powerful. 
it makes you really realize like this is what's happening and at the end when he orders all of those hits and he's really like yo like I'm a boss now like ain't no more like military or like respecting none of this stuff like I'm here like this is what I do like I am taking over the music that plays at that part while they're like literally ex ordering these hits and executing these hits that he's ordered while he's also at his I think it's his niece or nephews Connie's kids at the baptism yeah. I'm like yo like this is yeah those are two things that come to my mind when I really think of like yo like the music that had like is used in movies when people are scoring things and like putting stuff together like that can really take a scene from like oh like this is just a part of the story to wow like pay attention to the transition and what's happening with this character and it, as a part of the storyline so i really love that answer that might be the most specific answer i've ever <laughs> gotten to that question like you really like you really like pinned it down to like the scene and like that's 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 always what i'm looking for and like you hey. fucking nailed it like it gets Thank so good you. i watched that movie so many times you know like it's really it's really kind of crazy it's not it's wild it's very wild and um you know what's funny I've never seen either Godfather one or two all the way through. Or, 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 or no, no, no. Sorry, 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 sorry. Let me take that back. I've I've seen them. Uh, I've seen the whole movie, but only in pieces. I've never watched it. In, I've never watched either of them in one sitting. What are and, you doing? And you it's, gotta it's, watch. Like I, 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 I've been meaning to because I love those movies. I've seen the. I've seen them both all the way through. Just never in one sitting. <laughs> It's just never worked out that way. I don't know why it never has. The only other movie that's ever happened to me with is White Chicks. I've never seen White okay. Chicks from front to back. I've seen the whole thing in pieces, but I've yeah. never seen it from front to back. Like I saw it, I remember when it came out in theaters, right? Uh -huh. uh, White, ch White Chicks, because we weren't alive when The Godfather came out. But like, um, so so me and one of my best friends, my homeboy Solomon, shout out to Solomon. Um, he we were we were with my father. We were watching white chicks in the wow. theater. We were like kids, you know? Yeah. And we made it to the point, like we made it to that all is lost moment where like the where like the two of them break up and they stop doing the cop thing and like they're mad at each other. And then my dad was like, Oh yo, like your grandmother's sick. We gotta go see her right now. And I was like, What? Like oh, so, you had to leave? so we had oh, to leave. Like oh. e e everything turned out to be fine. But like, okay, good. I was like, wait, oh no. Um, since then, I have never seen that movie all the way through in one sitting. I've seen like 80% of it, but I've never like watched it from beginning to end without having to leave or like catching it in the middle of like a like it's the same thing with the Godfather movies. Like I've never like I've never owned them. So I like don't I'm gonna I'm gonna get them because I love them, but I've just like never owned them on physical media. And <laughs> the way we own them, like, I feel like we have like the VHS, the DVD, the Blu-ray, it's recorded on our like, like whatever we have, what is wow. Xfinity? So it's recorded on there so I can watch whenever I want. Also have it on streaming. Like I, that's why I was able to give you a specific answer. Cause like, nah, like, and everyone in our family loves, 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 loves the Godfather. Like. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, like, no, like, Godfather 2 is, in my opinion, like, A, probably the best sequel to a movie ever made, and yeah, B, just, yeah. like, like, like it like it really just, it doesn't, like, it doesn't even, like, it's so hard to describe, but, like, the Godfather 2 doesn't, like, 
there isn't much like risk involved in it, but it just takes everything that worked about the first movie and just like builds on it. You know, like it's, it, it's just like, it's not like this radically different thing that like completely redefines the way you look at the first one. It's just another really great story told incredibly well. And it might even be more violent, like low key, like maybe just a little bit. (laughs) Those movies definitely are very, very violent. And even the backstory in two to like the father and learning about like Vito and like him coming over to America and kind of just becoming who he he became is just amazing cinema. I love, shout out Robert De Niro, Al Pacino. Those are like two of my goats. They're great, great actors. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. And then on top of that, Francis Ford. Did Francis Ford Coppola direct the second one too? I think so. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Well, either way, either way, he he went crazy with the first one. And like my fa- yeah. my favorite bit from either of those movies is learning about learning about Corleone's like relationship with um my favorite bit is the oranges bit where like he like cuts oh, up the oranges oh, 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 and puts oh. it in his mouth. That's yeah. I, I love that whole scene yeah. and how it and yeah. how they call back to it throughout. Like I just love yeah. the whole like Ooh. I love the I love the dynamic between father and son that's kind of like it's it's established there and then it comes up a whole bunch and like i just love that repeating motif like i'm big on that type of shit (laughs) see that's what i'm saying like those are the best (laughs) movies ever made yo like one and two they go crazy really Mm -hmm. did not have to be that good did not have to be that good nah not at all because yeah like like it's so crazy because like because like uh like the book was just like one of those books that people like read when you like like you buy it at an airport and like read it on a plane and then they were like and then francis ford coppola was like i want to turn that into a movie <laughs> and like <laughs> oh he's such a uh, oh my god you're getting me so excited because i really love i love the godfather so much like i feel like people just don't they don't understand like that man is a goat oh not that fucking me. <laughs> um before um um, before we move on because we're talking about the godfather um i gotta ask you how you felt when you first saw the cover for gibbs and alchemist alfredo with the mario puzo inspired like like, beautiful first of all gibbs has fire references like yeah i I love me a good reference i think i forget the other album where he was nodding to teddy pendergrass is like one of my favorite that's the freddie album that's the self-titled Yeah, like he's he's so he's so great. Yeah, I saw that and was super hyped. And then I went to buy a shirt and had to do something and came back and they were sold out. So I was very, very, very sick. Um, you just reminded me that I should probably go check again and see what what is up. Yeah, that was so cool. I love myself a good a good reference that like brings it into the present, not just like a nod. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like it was a nice homage and like it wasn't even like it like it was a different kind of pasta and of course you got the black hand yeah. coming down and like it's just I like like I don't know who the artist was but like they were just just like man just such such an iconic image like shout out to them they snapped man and, and yeah Alfredo still goes crazy to this day too like I'm really hoping I can see Gibbs and Alchemist when they do it at, at uh Gut yeah. because like Alchemist is, is so good <laughs> like he's 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 had like I can't even like put into words how incredible he's been the last three years. Like just like between the collab albums and all the and all the beat tapes, like he just doesn't stop. Like (laughs) I I aspire to just be like that good 
at whatever I'm good at for that long. Cause like, yeah, I just I can't like he's so good. <laughs> he's he's incredible, and he and then and now and now him and Vince are joking about the fact that they might have an EP together and like what? oh that would be fire. Like like Alex because oh, because Vince did an interview with Ebro where he said that like he and Alchemist and Earl Sweatshirt were working on a project together and that like it didn't come together because Vince and Earl were too high and Vince was just like rapping and then Yo. he went off and made the self-titled and then and then what? and then um um and then Alchemist went on Twitter and was like nah that's cap like Vince and I have a whole six track EP that's been mixed it's been done for three months like <laughs> so I don't know if they're joking like the thing about Alchemist and Vince Staples, like I can never yeah. tell when they're joking or not. Like they're always so. I feel that. I like... feel that. You don't know what is going on. Well, dang, I like wanted to come out. Me too. Like... Yeah. Now I'm like, what is going on? Dang. Yeah, yeah we need yeah. that. Streets need yeah. that. For real, yeah. Because I've been running the Vince Staples album for like the last. Like I can't put it down. Yeah. The Vince Staples I album only... is really on it for me. I only heard like the first few tracks. I also got interrupted. I forget what I was doing, but I liked what I heard. And I love Vince. He's OD. He's another. He's yeah. Nah. Like, he's, why are you this good? <laughs> <laughs> nah, Vince is one of the best. He's he's definitely one of the best we have. And I appreciate just how, like, yeah. I appreciate how honest he is about everything. Right. You know, like, he's he's just himself. Like, you know, you're like, you're like not even on some rapper shit. He's just himself. And yeah. I always, I, I love to see that shit. Love that. Um, so, you know, like as you grew up mm-hmm. and started to, you know, you know, like, you know, like your palate starting to get even more refined, especially as you go off to Rutgers and like and like you go to college and you uh, um, you work an intern for a whole bunch of different places, including the source, yeah. which I also did. So oh, hey! sh- so shout out to source <laughs> alum. Um, so, so so like work. So like working your way through like entertainment and rap journalism specifically yeah. um like what like, like what inspired you to really go out on your own and create something like the gumbo because like yeah. i love like l- like you already know i love all the work you've been doing over there and just Thank like you. you 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 giving black women and femmes and queer folks a place to kind of like get off about rap is like that like that's so priceless so like where did that idea come from so basically, um, just thinking about the idea for the gumbo and having, you know, so many friends and Black women who wanted to write and be a part of the culture that we are, you know, the creators of and we are authorities on and we helped help build and help create. And just hearing stories of like, oh, like I'm, you know, I'm doing this here, but I'm like not getting paid or I can't even get my foot in the door because I don't have enough clips because I'm not even getting you know, the opportunity to to go right anywhere, even stuff that like comes to my mind when I'm thinking about like, all right, like I would tweet an opinion like, oh, like I love this song. And like a dude like coming to my mentions being like, well, name 10 of his other songs and why you like this. It's like, just like so much stuff. I'm like, all right, like I just want to create a, a space, a safe space for us to talk about, um, to talk about hip hop or to create or to write and have it be a place where, yeah, we can all commune together and feel comfortable doing that. And also have it be a place where if people do want to create or they do want to write that they can get compensated for it. So I, um, I saved up my money for like a year. I was taking my, my late show checks, putting them in my savings (laughs) for, for the gumbo. And also, you know, one night it just came to me while I was asleep. Like I was thinking, 
I've been thinking for a long time, like, all right, like what is a word that like best describes like when a whole bunch of good things like come together and like make something great. And gumbo came to my mind. I had never been to New Orleans at that point either. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I just like, that's the perfect thing. Like I know like we put so many ingredients in, in gumbo and make something that people go crazy over. So I feel like if I, you know, use this word and you know really exemplify the black women and people who are in this industry that don't just write and don't just produce and don't just create music and don't just design clothes but take all of them and bring them together into this space right. would be the perfect space so yeah right what year what what year did you formally found it because i feel like it's been like at least like three or four years yeah right so definitely it's definitely been three years 2018 I want to say that's what I thought but I wasn't a hundred percent sure yeah 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 it was definitely you know what let me triple check because I remember it was the weekend after late show went to the Emmys one year and I was like all right mm. as soon as we're done like I gotta get back and like get this joint out here so let me just triple check but I'm pretty sure it was this year it's really crazy but I also love it I love that Apple like keeps your stuff like in sync like yeah it's it's <laughs> like it's terrifying but it's also like hella practical <laughs> yeah me I, too, need me too. It, I need it i need it yes it was definitely 2018 i'm telling you COVID has messed up the way that like i think like i be forgetting mm. like years times like it yeah yeah like no like COVID was a whole gap year like like that year might as well have not well i don't want to say it might as well have not happened but like yeah I don't remember a lot of that year. And that's kind of scary to me. I don't. I do not remember a lot. No. Yeah. Mm. I honestly can say I, yeah, definitely a lot of, a lot of, a lot of gaps. That's why I was like, was it three years? But yeah, it was 2018, <laughs> September of 2018. Yep. That shit is freaky. But um, yeah. And you know, like everything you just mentioned is like th those aspects are what I love so much about what you do. Like y'all have articles yeah. and you have, and like you have the, like the series of the live events that you do. And you have like, like y'all put out merch and you have, and, and like you have black women designing the merch and it's just yeah. like, you know, like it's a whole, you know, like it's not just a publication. It's like a whole operation that you're putting forward yourself. And like, yeah. Absolutely. you you built it like that's yeah. dope i love yeah. that yeah and shout out to um our creative our lead creative director and dj quinn and also our deputy editor brooklyn white greer two two amazing 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 black women who Man. have just helped so much and the government would not be what it is without them so i just want to shout them out because they are Truly exceptional, exceptional women. Uh, absolutely. Love to them and love to Brooklyn, especially, who yeah. I haven't met yet. But yeah, but yeah, like Bro Brooklyn's the best. Like, the best. <laughs> Man, and and yeah, like between the two of you, like you in Brooklyn, especially, like, but like, but but, but like, I want to focus on you. Like, your curation skills are like, that's that that's kind of like that's the thing that that's the thing that I always notice about about Nadira is that like your curation <laughs> skills are like, just, just just like between like the vintage photos you find and like the digging Thank for the old you. records and everything Thank you do with you. Sample Sunday and. You know, just like all, all like the behind the scenes histories of like certain movies and music yeah. and like just like all the archival work that you do of like your area of Jersey. Like, thank you. you. No, nah, like, of course, like you're like you're putting 
you know, you were talking about this earlier, just about like this history and how, and, and, and like how like black culture is tied to history and just how like black, how much black culture runs through this country. And yeah. like, you're really doing your due, due diligence to like put it in a place where people can find it and consume it yeah. in really dope ways. And like, you know, like I just saw you, I just saw you tweeting about the PJs a few days ago, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, and, and like it all varies. And, you know, I guess I was just wondering, <clears throat> because of all that, um, you know, like hand-to-hand -hand curation mm -hmm. is something that only a handful of people are really doing. Like, especially, especially like, so like for you personally, um, what place do you feel hand-to-hand -hand curation, like the stuff that you do has in a world that's controlled by algorithms? Cause like, yeah. that's a really interesting contrast to me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I definitely feel like one being from Jersey being raised in a place that I always feel like gets left out of lots of narratives because we are bordered by Philly and we're bordered by New York City. And then yep. it's not like, I'd rather just go to DC. I'd rather drive through people. Like people say so many different things about our state. So I've always kind of felt like an underdog just in the world in general, just because of where I'm from and being from this small town in South Jersey where people are always like, are you by the beach? I'm like, no. And always <laughs> wanting to like show people the history of different places and also being the granddaughter of an educator and a principal who literally like lived in a, a Levittown. And if people don't know the history of Levittowns, they were built right. um, by, Oh my God, what is his first name? Last name Levitt. Um, but for for veterans of the war and they excluded black people. And he moved there obviously after all of the rules about segregation and everything had ended, but just also knowing how much he loved history and how much he taught me about that stuff. So I always valued it and he saved every single thing. Like he, I even have a box next to me of stuff he gave me before he passed away that has like old passports of family members, like old wow. photos of, yeah, like old photos of like my grandmother who passed away when I was really, really young. So he always inspired me to kind of just save things. Even sometimes so poor my mom would be like, Nadira, like, we're not keeping all this in the house. Like you gotta like get rid of some stuff, like you're keeping too much. Um, and then transitioning into the digital age, especially at Rutgers where I learned a lot about like just archiving and like the stuff that was saved, learning that like, Henry Rutgers was like a slave owner and that they're creating this project to like archive all of this history because Sojourner Truth lived on the camp. Like so many different things Man, that sorry. like made me feel like, okay, what can I do to contribute to this, this vast world and all of this history and also make it so that it's accessible because obviously we know everybody is not online all the time, but everyone also doesn't have access to libraries to be able to go somewhere. So trying to just find that balance and really feeling like, okay, I'm going to treat really my social media like a personal, like I've, I've said this before, I've tweeted before, but I really treat my Instagram and my Twitter like an archive. So when yeah. I'm no longer here, I want my kids to be able to go on the gumbos page or grandkids or even their friends or their homies and be able to learn. I want people to go on my personal Instagram and be able to learn and understand what life was like at this time or to be able to go on my New Jersey history page and learn about not just my hometown in Jersey, but all of the history that that is there. So for me, it's just, it's so important. It's so important. Even I was home a few weeks ago and like randomly typed in like my town and like black history and found out so much history. Me and my little sisters, we like walked down the street and just took a tour. We were like, yo, like 
there's so much history here from there being like a cemetery that has like the bodies of like former union soldiers. That's five minutes from our house. Like we didn't even know that, or there being this Island that apparently is one of the earliest has the earliest records of black people in Jersey. And that was five minutes from our crib. Like just so much Jeez. stuff that I, yeah. Like I want people, I want people to know this stuff. And I also know that a lot of times you don't know. And there might be that one person in the world that's like, I'm going to look up the history of this. And you find them online. You're like, all right, like, how can I add to this? And like, just create more so that no one ever goes through the world without the opportunity to learn about just history. So yeah, I love it. I love documenting stuff, saving stuff. Yeah. Right. And yeah, you know, like as Black people, that's especially important because so much of so much of our history is buried. And, 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 and like, even if it isn't buried, it's just like it's made really hard to find or it's just been like, whacked, you know, like, you know, yeah. like, you know, like you, you, you always hear people talking about like Ancestry.com and 23andMe and like those yeah. things work and they're cool. But like but like my father also recently started like digging through our family history. and He oh, just like sends yeah. me and my sister stuff all the time of just like yeah. of just like you're related to this person they came yeah. from here and like he has pictures yeah. of like his father who died before i was born so i never got to meet him like he has he's like young pictures of my grandmother and his father and just like you know like like that archival that archival spirit is just so important yeah just, yeah ju it, ju just as like a grounding mechanism you know like it's so, it's so important it's so important even when i like had that trip home a few weeks ago we found out like one of the pharmacies was like reportedly a stop on the underground railroad like what? wow <laughs> like what is this or even like yeah like back to the point of the town next to us being a former levitt town and like even like when like i said my dad and my granddad and all all of their family lived in that house that wasn't what was happening at the time this was like late 70s 80s when they were there but even knowing finding out the history of that town after the fact and like going to my dad and being like yo like did you know that your town was like a former levitown he's like yeah i knew that i'm like <laughs> that's that's so crazy so i'm just always i'm also always so fascinated by it so like i just love i love learning about it yeah nah that stuff that like all that stuff is so interesting and it really and, and you know like it's like it's the kind of thing that can change your relationship to the place you're staying like you're talking about places that are five minutes away from you that you didn't even know and that's like i'm sure that like recontextualizes like yeah like that's you know like that changes the dynamic of the place you live in you know like yeah, yeah. it's um you know like that's like those those moments and those uh that information is like it's priceless you yeah know? like absolutely. it's you know, like, just like never forgetting where you came from and just like, no, and like knowing where you, it, yeah, it's just, it's just really good. <laughs> yeah, yo, literally that's, that's literally it. That is it. <laughs> and, you know, like on top, and like on top of all the work you do over at the gumbo and just like, you know, like your own general, your own general, uh, just like archival interests and stuff like that. Um, you mentioned it a bunch of times. You're, you also you, um, you also work for uh, the Late Show with Steve Colbert. You're the Yay. social media manager over there, and you've been Yay. and you've been you've been going in the last couple of years. So like, walk <laughs> me through walk me through your history with the Late Show and like how yeah. you got involved and um just mm -hmm. just like how and well, well actually yeah 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 let, let's start there. Walk me through how you first got involved with that. Yeah. Um. Well, I um was a part of an apprentice program for um a year. I was there almost immediately after I graduated from Rutgers and 
really just, you know, learned so much about that show, got to rotate through different departments, which was so cool to just be able to, to learn from these people who are really like legends, like in the TV industry and so talented. Um, and I ended up being in the digital department, stuck around and moved from PA now all the way up to social media manager. So I not only get to obviously manage the channels, but I've produced stuff with so many different people that I like look up to, like people from like Issa Rae to like even getting to produce something with Robert De Niro, which is like, what, right. what is this? Or like Method Man, like so many things like that um, have just been honestly, like sometimes I think I tweeted the other night, I'm like, yo, like I was literally like working on something, like producing something and like Eddie Murphy did it and I had to produce him. Like, I don't, like, I don't even think I've really ever even processed that. Like, that's like wild. <laughs> like, like what, what is going on? Yeah. And then, um, you know, like walk me through that process of like producing these bits, because like I've seen I've seen so many that you've done. And yeah. like and, and and like the ones that stick out to me are usually like, you know, like the Issa Rae one is the Issa Rae one, the Method Man one. Um, the Eddie Murphy one must uh, the Eddie Murphy and Robert De Niro ones, like you said, must have been a dream. Yeah. And um, my favorite one is probably just like seeing you interacting with Samuel L. Jackson and like all the <laughs> stuff that y'all did. Like you know, it's just just like yeah, just like no, just like knowing that you're like behind. Like so, so, so like talk to me about producing these and like what goes into that and like yeah. what's the process? Yeah, so I don't always produce everything because I, you know, there's a whole bunch of people on the team. But if I am. Right producing something specifically the thing that we did with Eddie Murphy and Robert De Niro which was a holiday robe that they decorated so it literally was just me like producing them and saying hey like pick out these items decorate the robe say this on camera say whatever else you want just like simple stuff like that all the way up to all right if we're gonna do mood mix which is a bit that that I produce where I have to like script out and come up with all right like what prompts are we going to give this guest um there's also a producer on our team who handles like all the editing and sets everything up so it's, it's definitely a lot that goes into it and i really remember being very kind of intimidated at first because i'm like dang like i'm gonna go into a room with just like this person and everyone's gonna just trust me to like do this but it's kind of been like smooth to yeah really just grow from being a PA to manager and getting to also produce along the way. So definitely a lot of work. Sometimes I do get like a little like, just like, oh God, like this, this really happening? Like I'm really about to do this and then I'm cool. Like I, I'm good, but yeah, it's been, it's been crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what's been, what's been your favorite bit that you've produced so far? I mean, I mean, I, I think I could guess already, but like which yeah. one's been your favorite? Definitely mood mix has been my favorite. I will also say too, the holiday robe and sweater that we've done where we brought brought in a bunch of different people um, to kind of decorate this this robe. And then we auctioned it off for, for charity. And I think the, yeah, for the past two years we did, um, we sent the money to, I can't even remember the name of the organization. I'm so mad. Hold on, let me look it up because I wanna make sure I get it right. But basically the money was raised to help people with their bail. So just also knowing mm -hmm. that like, I'm around so many people, good call, good call NYC. So it's a mm. free um, arrest support hotline in New York City. So it helps people with their first call if um, they get arrested. So even having like, yeah, Robert De Niro, Eddie Murphy and Jennifer Aniston and all these other people, the weekend, he also did the robe that year and I worked on that. Like they're gonna design this robe, Queen Latifah, all of them are decorating this, I'm helping produce this and they were auctioning it off for, for such a good cause. That's definitely been 
kind of one of the most rewarding things for me is to be a part of something that is cool. I get to work with like really cool people and then we also get to give back in a way. And obviously I love music. So like Mood Mix has been one of my favorite things that I've done is just getting to sit down in a room and like producing like Method Man and then like him saying a song and me being like, oh, like that song is fire. Like he's like, how do you know that? Like just interactions <laughs> that I'm just like, how is like, what is happening? Like. Crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. But those are definitely the two things that are that are top of mind for me. And even Issa, which like, I think I shot that on an iPhone. I think I was still a PR, yeah. maybe even an AP at that point. But just like going into her green room, being obsessed with Insecure and everything that she's done just as a fan of TV and also someone who works in TV and wants to do the things that she does and getting to like produce her and ask her about like all of the firsts that have happened in her life. Like just very, very, very crazy things. But Everything I've done there, I've been really, really happy <laughs> and proud of. But those are the things that stick out for sure. Yo, that's so good. And you know, like considering considering that you run the gumbo and you and you like kind of are like building this, like you were saying about like wanting to kind of do the things that East is doing. Like you know, like you're yeah. like you're work like you're working for one of the most popular late night shows on television, but yeah. you're also like building your own brand on the side. And like, and yeah, just just because I'm curious since we've been talking about it, like how is how is your work over at Late Show kind of fed into your work at the Gumbo and vice yeah. versa? Like how's the, Definitely. I'm sure the inspiration has been pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, like I said, working with people who are so good at what they do, people who have, worked with Steven for a really long time, or have worked in TV for a really long time and show you how to make a call sheet or show you how to like make sure the resolution of a camera is what it's supposed to be or how to set up a camera. Also how to plan something out and how to get different items for a production and to also how to lead meetings, just something I've, I've definitely even learned more and more in the past few years and kind of like, you know, just planning everything out. I think the biggest thing I've learned from them is yeah, being being really, really like on top of your planning and also communicating um, because communication is key. I feel like in in any industry, but especially in TV and especially in in media, you have to be able to communicate to get stuff done. And then also just because everyone there is so great, knowing the importance of teamwork, because I also feel like there were times even with the gumbo in the beginning where I was very afraid to ask for help. Um, whether it was imposter syndrome or me not feeling like, you know, I could like ask anyone for help, whether it was like, Hey, like I need like help with the design or, Hey, I might need someone to like do this for me. Like just so many different things that just being at the late show and seeing people be so great at communication, so talented when they are producing something and also valuing like the importance of a team and teamwork. And that's something that we always hear every single day just how much they value us as a team, which is why I, I love them so much and they've helped me so much. Um, that those are, those are really the biggest things, that teamwork, that communication. Yeah, like playing your stuff out. Like don't wait till the last minute to try to do something because they wouldn't wait till the last minute to try to get something done. And even if something, you know, if a shoot did pop up at the last minute because they're always ahead of the game or they previously planned, you can knock something out like that. So definitely those things, yeah. <laughs> right. And, you know, you know, like as like you've been developing these skills and mm -hmm. you eventually moved from Jersey to New York, like how, um, you, you know, like since you since you've made that transition to being in the city, as opposed to just like as opposed to like being there for like a work day 
yeah. then like going to a show maybe and then going home. Yeah. Like how like like how is the dynamic between your job and your life changed since now you're like there and you don't have to go back to Jersey anymore. Like, yeah, I definitely well, I'm not as tired for sure. I used <laughs> to be exhausted and I definitely I think I moved I did my apprenticeship for a year and then when I was offered a, you know, a permanent job after, that's when I was really like, okay, like I have to move. So it kind of felt okay during the apprenticeship. But then once I got the position, I was like, yo, you can't like, you should just live here. Like you got like a full-time job. You like, you have, you have all the things that you wanted to. So I just definitely think like my relationship with rest has definitely changed because <laughs> when I was in Jersey, yeah, I was getting up every morning, driving to the train station, getting on the train for two hours, getting off the train, getting on the subway to go all the way to the theater. And I would always, I would be there early because I would have to get on, I think like the six, like the six something or the seven thirty. So mm-hmm. I was I was always there super early and then, you know, not really knowing, which is TV. So you don't know what time something is going to wrap or who's going to go for a long time in an interview. So one day I could be headed to the train at 7.30. Next day I could be headed to the train at 8.15, 8.30. So not getting home. Usually every night I was getting home at like 11.30. So after I came home, ate, showered, did everything I needed to, it'd be like one in the morning, I have to wake up again at six. So it was just right. so, my relationship with with rest and being able to rest has helped me. I, obviously I did a great job, I was able to stay there and get a position, but now like really being able to kind of have that balance and not always be worried about, oh, I gotta make a train or I have to get here or go there. So, and also feel like a real like, like a legit, like, oh, I'm in New York, which is, I feel like something I aspire to just being, yeah, like being in this city and living in living in Brooklyn and like going to my TV job was something that was on my list of like dreams that I had ever since right. I was a little kid in Jersey. So definitely is a good, it's a good feeling. That's the best. Cause yeah, like, cause, cause like even, cause like I, you know, like I relate to that like more than I could even say. Cause like last night, um, I think I was saying this off, off camera. Um, I went to go see Flying Lotus in Brooklyn and yeah. I'm in North and I'm in North Jersey. So like for me, that's like, like that's a whole process, you know, like thankfully yeah. I live about a 30 second drive from a train station, like a 30 second drive to like a five, 10 minute walk. So I, so I went to the train station, I got to Penn, I took the, um, I took the, I took the Q train Mm -hmm. from Herald Square to 14th Street to transfer over to the L, took the L to Jefferson, and walked about 15 minutes there, and I got there, like, maybe around, like, just after 10, right? Fly low didn't go on until almost 11 30 and the whole time last night i'm checking my phone because yeah. i'm like because i'm like yo i gotta make sure that i'm back at the jefferson street station to catch this 12 38 train to get me back to 14th street 8th avenue at 1 a.m so i can catch yeah. the a train at 107 you know it's, it's like that whole it's process a it's a lot and it really like yeah. <laughs> i didn't realize it until after i moved aside from just like obviously being sleepy it like messes with your mind. Like that's not good to only be like commuting and working. So now I have like a great like work-life balance where yeah, if I do get off at a certain time, I can still go hang out with people and not 
be thinking about like, oh, the next train or like, just like commuting and working was all it was for a while. And right. thankfully the work was so fulfilling that like the commute didn't kill me. But after a while, I'm just like, yo, like I don't want this to be half of my life is commuting and the other half is work. Like I needed to have the balance. So had to move, had to, right. I love, I love Jersey. I love my hometown. I love being by all my farms and my farmer's markets. Love it. Love my mall. But yeah, I had to leave. Right. Yeah. No, I get it. Cause yeah. Yeah. Cause like even, cause like if even one of those, if even one of those trains or one of those public transit things messes up, it fucks your entire shit up. Like I almost like I was almost stranded at Secaucus this morning because the oh. train from Penn to Secaucus, it, it just, it left 10 minutes after it was supposed to for no reason. And I was like, damn, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to pay like 40 bucks to take a cab home. Yeah. But um, luckily they held the train and I made it back and everything was fine. But like, you know, it's um, like that relationship is like, like considering how close our areas of Jersey are to New York, like that, like there's always been that like interesting push and pull, like with people yeah. coming and going from both. And, mm -hmm. you know, and you're like, I worked in the city for a little while too. I got, um, I haven't worked in the city since I think 2019, mm -hmm. but like, but, but like, I get, I get that struggle of like, of, of like, my, of like my commute wasn't really like that stressful. Like yeah. I would also commute to Long Island which was like even more crazy because oh, like that's, that's crazy because that's like an hour and a half both ways it's 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 that's really crazy. it's it's really brutal but like you know like that's the thing because like I would go to work and then sometimes I would go to like a show or like go catch a movie or go hang out with people and it never got to the point where I was like oh I need to like catch this train or I'm gonna be stranded forever but it like that clock is always ticking in the, in the back of your, of your mind, head. right? That's it's, the thing. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> that's what killed me. It was always in the back of my head, like, yo, you gotta like just make sure you gotta get to where you need to. So, and I, I'm not even, I'm not in North Jersey. Like, I am in South Jersey. We exactly. are twenty minutes from Philly, so like, we are down. Like, we are past Trenton. Like, I, yep. you know, had to, had to, had to get home. Right. Yeah. 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 Like that's that that's very different. You know, like for me, like I'm literally like. I'm 20 minutes outside of New York city. Like it's, it's like, it's hard, but it's not as hard as, you know, like y'all are, you're, you're, you're like in South Jersey, you know, like that's yeah. like, yeah. Like other people I've talked to from around your area have also mm -hmm. like, it, it's, it's a lot, you know, like, and, 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 you know, anyone who manages to anyone who manages to make it to the point where it's just like, I'm, I'm going to just move here, you know, like it's it, like, like that's, like that's really something to be proud of because like, you know, like you just like look back and um, no, of course. And like for all the, for all the stress that that causes, like I noticed that I'm really good at like fragmented scheduling in that way. Yes. Right. Like, 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 yes. like, 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 like that makes you really good at time management. Like, you know, like when the trains are running, you know, like where you need, to, it's just like, like my, my time management skills have gone through the roof doing all this stuff. So like, so like, that's cool. Yeah. But you know, like getting home at two, three o'clock in the morning and like friends being like, yo, text me when you get home. And I'm like, I do. And like 3 a.m. They're like, nigga, what? Like, you're just home. You're just getting home now. I'm like, yeah, sorry. Like, <laughs> Yo, that is so funny. Yeah. I definitely used to send them late texts and they're like, oh my God, so late. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. And, you know, like considering all of this, like we've you know, like we've been talking about how like New York and Jersey have a really interesting relationship when it comes to like, like obviously the distance. But of course, like when it comes to, you know, like the like, like the culture that we share and the influence yeah. and just like the levels of access to each other. Right. Because like there's like like we swap so many different things here that like sometimes it's even hard to tell where certain things like whether it started in Jersey or if it started in New York. Like yeah. so. Um, you know, so like, so like, and like being New York adjacent has made so many people from Jersey's dreams come true. Like, like, like whether you're in North or South, like having that pipeline to New York Mm -hmm. is really like make or break for so many people. I know it was, it certainly was for me and I know it was for you. And I know recently you've mentioned that since moving out there, you've wanted to like, you want to do something to like yeah. make it easier for people from Jersey who might not have access, who might be from your area yeah. where it's harder to get to get to New York, like to kind of yeah. like to kind of like make that pipeline a little shorter, which yeah. I think is really which I think is like super commendable. So like for you, mm-hmm. like not to put you on the spot, but <laughs> like seeing that it made me really curious, yeah. like um, just like how do you plan to go about that? Like what's a like what's a feasible option? for people from Jersey who want to really put their foot in the water like that? Definitely for me. I mean, I always think of having spaces. I mean, obviously the gumbo is a space. Um, I even like just everywhere that I've worked or been a part of, that's a space, whether or not someone's promoting it as that or describing it as that. So I would love for there to be a space, for lack of a better term, by my hometown or just in South Jersey in general, where people can go and work together. Um, And also knowing that like, for TV opportunities. I love TV. I work in TV and I want to continue to grow in this industry and hopefully one day produce and write my own things as well. And I don't want, not even I don't want, but I think about so many people I know who are talented and have great stories to tell who can't get on the train to go to New York because they have other things that they have to do or aren't paying for that. I mean, I have people who have told me like, yo, like I used to like run around the NJ transit train to not have someone check me for a ticket. Cause I didn't have one like, or like mm-hmm. hide out in, in, in seats. Like that's something I know people have done. So I just want there to be, I know it's going to be a lot of money, but I want to be able to build a space where people can come in and co-work and collaborate and also have a studio. If someone wants to film something or if someone wants to record a podcast, like I want there to be kind of that, that really big space. And that does not, does not to say that so many don't already exist because there, there are a lot there. I just want to be able right. to contribute to, to more of that, that creativity, especially for people like me who work in TV, you know, want to make, so you don't always have to travel all the way to New York or get over, go over the Betsy Ross bridge and go into to Philly or find, you know, have to search for for all these different studios. So I just want to be able to contribute to something I already know is there, um, but also to just help. Yeah, like, that's, like, that's the best, you know, like, be, you know, like, being in a position, being in a position to help people is, like, that's such a privilege to be able to help someone, yeah. you know, like, especially, especially in an industry like this. And, like yeah. it only re- it only really works if people are willing to pay it forward in pay that forward. way yep. and like yep. you know like yeah shout out to you for even wanting to do that <laughs> you know you. Now, uh, i don't know how long it's gonna take because we need some money for that but when it happens right. <laughs> y'all will know it will happen <laughs> well um well we're like 
I can't end this without talking to you about currency because oh my god that's yeah. my guy yeah like <laughs> so so talk, so talk to me so like when did you first discover current when did you first discover spitter and when did we just like okay yeah like, like I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say my answer and i know my dad is gonna listen to this and then he's gonna say he put me on either way <laughs> it was definitely on some dd172 i think was the name of the platform like just being on the site um, I, it might have been my dad. He might be right. Maybe I should just let him have that. I think he might have put me on when I was like a teenager um, because he loved, he just loves music and he found him on that site. So yeah, I was hit. Uh, him and I used to listen to Pilot Talk and then yeah, I kind of was just like, yo, like, I love this man. Like, obviously, I'm a music, I'm a nerd in general. I love history. I love music history. So I love samples. I'm like, Spitta has great samples i also love what he talks about like he's just having fun like yo he's living his life he likes to smoke weed he's rapping about smoking weed he likes his cars he likes to rap about his cars like he likes you know now he has a son he raps about his son like it just felt so like just authentic and just like honest and cool and not forced so i've been like a big fan for so long literally since i was definitely a teenager maybe like 14 15 um but yeah I love him. Yeah. Love him. Yeah. Like you and I have talked, you and I have talked about yeah. Spitter so much. And like, and like, I, um, I, like, I want to say the first time I really sat down and listened to a full currency project was probably Covert Coup because Ooh. that was, because like that was around the time yeah. when like Alchemist had, Alchemist had really started his like the, yeah. the modern run that he's been on. Like it, oh. it, it was like that year, like around that time, it was like, Damo Genesis is um no idols and Bronson's um on the Bronson project and yo, like yo you're taking me back to a very <laughs> amazing time in my life yo <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I yeah. <sighs> iconic I love it yo like yeah. um um like it like <laughs> if you had to pick one what's the one spit a project you go back to more than any other? Like, I don't even want to ask you what your favorite is because like oh, you can have a favorite, but it can be one that like, it, it's, it's, so hard. I know okay, it, <laughs> there's never an easy way to ask this question, but like, no, this is no. Cause like, you know, this cause we've talked about it, but like, I literally listen to the, like, I love him. I, he's so great to me. I listen to him all the time. Okay. Let me think. Also, he has so much music that, like, sometimes I'm like, all right, like, what project am I even listening to? Yeah, <laughs> it's intimidating sometimes. Yeah. Like... Probably Drive-In Theater. Interesting. Drive -in okay. Drive-In Theater, I go back to a lot simply because, I mean, I love all the songs in there, but I love High Top Whites a lot. I love Stolen. I love E.T. Yeah, there are a lot of songs in here that I really, really love. I know that's not like the answer you were expecting. That's the one I go back to a lot, a lot. But definitely, there are so many other ones, too, that are like my favorites. Like, I love Weekend at Bernie's. I love Verde mm -hmm. Paris. Like, I love Return to the Winter Circle. Yeah, I love more Saturday Night Cartoons. Definitely also go back to Independence Day. I remember like downloading that off of Dat Piff and being like <laughs> so hyped. Oh, I go back to Covert Coop a lot too, though. That's definitely one. And when they put that on streaming, I was like, oh, like 
it's up. Like we need everything, yeah. everything on here. And I definitely go back to whatever project he had with, I think he put out a few with Roddy and Trademark, but there's one that has like yeah. a blue Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go back to that a lot. Those are all like, wow. Those are all really great <laughs> choices. Um, um, before I even go further. Yeah, because like they put a, um, um, they put Covert Coup up for the 10th anniversary, which yeah. like, A, wow, I can't believe Covert Coup is 10 years old. And, B, yeah. they managed to get it up with all the samples intact. Because there's so many projects from the blog era that like get put like like I remember when they put Crit was here on streaming services and there's no like like most of the like either um either like the songs didn't make it or the beat got changed and it's like damn well then what's the point like why do it you know like what happened with um I think they put up oh god what was that they put up Chances project and they couldn't keep all the same yeah like i'm still uh, yeah like i'm happy i still have like my dat piff and pirate bay downloads like (laughs) all that lime wire and then frost wire after they shut down lime wire i got all that stuff in here all the little underscores on my tracks i'm not not getting rid of that no i love so much he's he's yeah me too like he really he really just like like on top of the fact that the music is dope, you know, like for me, like I like I'm big on Pilot Talk Three. I'm big on Covert Coup, of course. Yes. Um, I'm really big on uh, um, oh man, the Cathedral Project. I forget what it's called. Ooh. It was an EP. Ooh. Yes. I, oh my god. Um, who it, it was? It was him and one producer. I can't remember who it was. Oh god. Um, it was chasing cash. Chasing cash. There you go. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So the Cathedral Project of Chasing Cash. That gold song is one of my favorite shits he's ever done. Yes. Wait. Okay. Now I'm thinking that there are like more. (laughs) I really, honestly, like it's so hard to pick one. I go back to. I go back to this man's music so much. Like. It's comfort yeah. food, you know, like Spitta is comfort it really food. Is. It really is. And like, and, and, and like, whenever I talk to people about him, that's the best way for me to put that. Like he, you know, like on top of the music being dope, like he's really like, he does like lifestyle rap. Like it's yes. just very, um, that's why I love you know, it. it. You know, like a lot of, you know, like a lot of people like to like, people look at people like Spitta and people like uh, like Griselda and people like Smoke Dizza and even people, you know, like people like Megan the Stallion and like people who have a very specific thing they do well. And like Pusha T is another good one. Like people who do things like one thing really well and just kind of like refine it and tweak it just a little bit as opposed to like shedding a skin every album, like the way Kanye or like Playboy Cardi does, you know, like. Yeah. And I really think there's like Spitta was one of the first rappers who made me realize like the value of just like knowing what you're good at and tweaking it that way. Like I wrote a whole article about it because of him, you know, like. I love that. Oh my God. That's really it. And like, even the fact that he knew like, all right, like it's cool being like part of 504 boys and like rocking with Wayne and obviously still, still love them, but also knowing like, this isn't the direction I want to go. And I don't really want to rap about these things. I don't really want to be in this mix. Like just right. like his authenticity and like, like you said, like the lifestyle rap, like, yo, this is my life. I'm gonna rap about it. Like I'm gonna go clean these cars. Like I'm gonna make a YouTube series about me riding around in my cars and going to car shows. I'm also mm-hmm. like make playlists for title that I listen to when I'm like cruising in my cars too. Like he's just so, he's so cool. He's so cool. And he just be chilling. Like I love, I love a, a good like 
just like chill positive like happy dude I, like he's he's such a good rapper and yeah and he and, and i'm pretty sure he like bought a uh i think he bought a restaurant like a burger spot in new orleans too so like he has the so it's just like so he's got that going too i i, I think it's a he bought a restaurant i don't remember what kind wow. of restaurant it is but like he bought one and like you know i just like like there's so much value in just like knowing what you want to do and just like moving on and doing it yourself because yeah. like if you would like chances are like when it comes to that if you wait for other people like the shit's not going to happen Absolutely. you know like he really like he saw what he wanted and turned jet life into this like oh. he turned he turned jet life into a lifestyle like people really like live and die by that shit Yo, you know like throwing it up and everything Wow, yeah, he's definitely one of my biggest inspirations too. Now that like we're like even talking about this, just like yeah, like I'm gonna just make this thing and like I'm gonna just do it and I'm gonna like build on it, make some merch, have a few shows or whatever, See, like do it. One yeah. one 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 of my favorite spinning moments since you were talking about the YouTube series was when um Elliot Wilson went down to New Orleans to do the car <laughs> test and he just had him in, and he and he had him in there in the in the in the in the in the, in the, in the, in the yo. Elliot looked so fucking uncomfortable. He was not about that shit at all. <laughs> you don't think so? I really feel like, I don't know. I've never been in a car that's bouncing up and down like that. So I might have been a little uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> like just the way he was shaking and like the way his face looked, oh. I was like, he was not expecting that shit. Like at all. Like he, he looked like he was having fun, but he just looked like he was going through it, you know? Like <laughs> up, yo. Those cars be yeah. I definitely like watching them from the outside. I don't know if I'm ever gonna sit inside of one that's gonna do all that because you know, and trying to get motion sick. I got it one day. Like I want that to happen. I don't yeah, care. Like it, it's, you're right. it, it's you know, it, it, just just to say that you did, you, you did know, it. like that exactly. Yeah, you know, you, you like hydraulics and shit like that are not popping like that over here so like you don't really see, you, you, you know like it would be like a you know like i imagine it would be the same way that like somebody from new orleans might look at the way like people in new york and philly be on bikes you know like like <laughs> like bike culture is huge out bike here huge and like you know like that's how you know it's summertime most of the time it's like yep. you know the people just on the bikes and the yeah, atvs yes oh like <laughs> ATVs. i'll be like yo be careful y'all y'all on atvs on the road like, like... <laughs> get in a car what it's so much but like when it's done well and people don't die it's just like yeah. you know like you, you know, like you almost get it it's like oh like absolutely. that's why they do it like <laughs> yeah, absolutely and it's like you said too i love that like it's a regional thing and it kind of does represent, yeah, like I've had friends that have like come up here, or like even if I go like visit family in Philly and they're like, you know, like you see all the ATVs going by or all the bikes, you're like, dang, like they were riding by for like five minutes now. It's just like endless, like <laughs> endless, endless bikes and ATVs. I love it. Yeah. And then you could even, you could even translate that to something like Jersey Club, which, which, which like, you know, you know, like the relationship between Jersey Club and Baltimore Club and like, which is like, yeah. like that's, that's always like that's always something that I've you know like as someone from Jersey I've always grappled with because like some people think they're the same but they're not really yeah. and like it, it, and, and like there's like a whole history there that I don't hundred percent fully understand but mm -hmm. I know that that shit makes me move like no other and yeah. Cookie Kawhi just dropped a new project and I gotta listen to it yes. today shout yes. out shout yes. out to Cookie she's Jersey's finest yes definitely I mean we did earlier this year we did a whole month on Jersey Club and just kind of like the yeah, history of it and even like you know its roots in newark and also yes the the connection
connection with Baltimore that can't be denied. And just like highlighting the people that like, yeah, we're out here in Jersey and like what they heard, also had some stuff they were doing and made something something really, really fire and built upon a tradition and a history. So definitely, oh, I love me some Jersey Club. Man, like, <laughs> yeah, like I, I just, it like, it's just, it, it's just that one specific rhythm, you know? Cause like, cause like, it, cause like in middle school and high school, people would just be banging on lunch tables and it was just like the same, the same rhythm every time. And it's just like there, you know, like people from out, people who aren't from here or for, like, even if you're here from Baltimore, just don't get it. Yeah. You know, like people yeah. like, you know, I, I, like I've played it for people and they'd be like, oh, it's just kind of like, it just, it's just like, it doesn't really change. And it's like, but like, that's it, you know, like, it's just, that's that's like a beautiful thing about like electronic music and just like all like yeah. electronic and dance music are just like built on these like very basic rhythms but it's like you can't stop moving you know like I, I don't know like it's it's just it makes it makes it makes a sort of sense to me and to you that it might not make to somebody from like definitely not hmm. Definitely like not. well, well, I don't want to say Detroit or Chicago because Detroit and Chicago have their own. They, yeah, no, I they, feel they, like they have they their own it. scenes out there. Yeah, like, I feel like they would but, get it. But even the commitment too from the people here, like people like Cookie and Unique and Lil Man, all those people that have mm-hmm. just helped take it to like this global place. Um, it just makes me like very proud and happy because it is really really cool. And then also like yeah, knowing the roots of it in Baltimore and all of all that was done there and just how important Baltimore is to music as a whole is, is really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like there's really treasure everywhere when it comes to this history shit. And, you know, like it's, 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 it's just great to have people like you willing to do that work and like really give people a place to understand it, you know, like. And shout out to K Swift too. We, uh. Shout out to K Swift for sure. Rest in peace. What an icon. God, like, how long has it been? Damn, because, like, man, I completely forgot. Damn. I don't remember how long it's been, oh, but it either. But e- 2008? 2008. Wow. 2008, yeah. Wow. Yeah, she, legacy, and really, like, just did so much. Ooh, I love, I love her as well. Yeah, like, th- th- there's, there's just so much to pick through there, and, like, Shout out to dance music because I feel like a lot of people, you know, like whether it's like Jersey or Baltimore club or like Chicago footwork or Detroit techno, like whatever. Like, I just feel like, I feel like dance music had, I feel like dance music doesn't really, I like, I feel like the appeal is lost on a lot of people. And that makes me sad because that shit makes me so happy. And like, that, and it's like that that sort of musical that's that sort of musical regionalism is just so tight like you know like, like that's important because like we all we're, like we're all different and we have all these different things and it's definitely. good to cherish that definitely sorry i just got a reminder that popped up making all this noise i'm like stop <laughs> nah, you're all good we're about to wrap up here anyway i think i could because i don't have any more i don't got any more notes but like i it's just like Aww. this was so yo. fun i feel like we literally were just having like a regular conversation yeah that's that that's that that's always the goal so like yeah nadira thank you so much this was so thank dope. you thank you this was so so much fun i can't <laughs> wait for everybody to hear it and you know I, I love talking about black things especially tv film music yeah 
Yeah, you already know. Like that's why that's why this was so important to me. That's why I wanted to make this because yeah. you know, like this is the, this is a space for me to bring in whoever I want. Like particularly black people that I think are doing crazy shit everywhere, yeah. and you know, like I like rap and film, or like they saved my life. Like yeah. Yeah. so, you know, like thank you for even being interested enough to come and do of it. I don't take course. that for granted. Like, of course, and thank you for creating something that is so important and just influential that people really really need to hear these conversations are super important and thinking about the people that will listen to them years from now and learn from this and also get to experience this like kind of like we did i i love it you know i love me a digital archive i love some Mm -hmm. i want people to be able to go and research so i love that yeah, I'm I'm just trying to catch up to you, honestly. Like, you know, so like I had I had to say it. I had to say it. Like that is so funny. You are <laughs> hilarious. And I could say the same thing. So Oh man, nah. We're 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 farther along than we realize. Like yeah. we really, really are. Thanks for listening. Shout out to y'all for making it this far. And shout out to all the black people listening too, because y'all really impeccable. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and tell a friend to come through next time. One.